0: Get out those Acme Crime Bucks, gumshoes. It's Nescapades, a chronological journey through the North American Super Nintendo Library with a few pit stops along the way. We play them briefly, we judge them harshly, we rank them. That is pretty much all you need to know. I'm Steampunk Link. I'm Emmy Zero. And uh, we got two games for you as we're getting ready to wind down the month of
1: uh, June. We still in June? We're still in June. I feel like we've been in June forever, but yes... Right now, we're still there. We're nearly done with it. Uh, we got two games here, and then next episode we'll be covering the final two games from June. So, uh, look forward to it. Uh, what do we got? What do we got today? Uh,
0: we've got uh, "Where in the World Is Carmen Sandiego," a, a franchise that is very near and dear to my heart. This particular game, not so much, but we will talk about it. And then we've got Wolf Child, which is a game I don't think I'd even heard nope. of before we uh, started doing this show. And uh, those were better times before I knew about this game.
1: We'll, we'll get to Wolf Child. Uh, it's it's coming. That, that wolf is, is on his way here, his big shoulder pads and is projectile attacks that you really need, but don't always have. Uh we'll get to that though. So uh where where shall we start here? Uh with Carmen San Diego? Yeah, let's go ahead and start with Carmen San Diego. Where is she? Uh somewhere in the world. We gotta find her. She stole some stuff.
0: It'd be wild if she wasn't somewhere in the world, although she has gone back in time and into space. So, yeah, maybe so it,
1: it w- it's, it's possible she yeah. wouldn't be. But here, I think we got um, a pretty good uh, assurance that she's somewhere in the world. Where on the northern
0: hemisphere of Mars is Carmen Diego?
1: <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> oh, no, she stole the face. <laughs> uh, remember, face on Mars? Oh, yeah. That yeah. was a thing for a while. Yeah. Anyway, we're not
0: talking about Mars. We're talking about Carmen Sandiego. And actually, we've talked about Carmen Sandiego and the company that uh, created the franchise, Broderbund. A while back, on over
1: a couple of episodes, I believe. No, we didn't even do it that long ago. That's the wild thing. Yeah. Yeah, we we don't need to go into a whole lot of detail, because you can go back to a fairly recent episode of this show, and hear us talking about uh, the history of the Carmen Sandiego franchise and Bruderbund.
0: Yeah, so uh, I don't know how much I went into it, but I will say that uh, Carmen Sandiego is a franchise that I... Uh, like very much. I was a huge fan of the PBS show. I do think I talked about my Halloween costume back in that episode. You did, yes. Um, I remember that. Very big fan of Rockapella and seeded my love of acapella music that would uh, stay with me all throughout my life. So it it brings me no pleasure to tell you that I did not care for this particular version of Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego.
1: Yeah, um, I didn't really either. So... Uh if you if you are, are a little rusty or you just didn't listen to that other episode, what are you doing? Go back and listen to it now, right now. Uh, yeah, just stop this one. Go back. Find it in the archive. No, um, but uh, the the Carmen Sandiego game format here is pretty much the same as it was for Where in Time is Carmen Sandiego, which we talked about before. This is a uh, kind of a a. Uh, I don't know what you'd call this kind kind of a, a point and click ish game that's designed to teach you history. Not even a point and click
0: because this game would have come out before that was really much of a thing. Cause th- this is like, we'll just say straight up based on the 1995 original Carmen Sandiego.
1: 1985. 85, 85. Yeah.
0: Sorry. Yeah. 85 uh, Carmen Sandiego game. So this is an old game made for like DOS computers and, and uh, this is the version they decided to bring out, even though I think a newer,
1: updated version came out for other computer systems in 1992. You are an agent for, uh, I guess, I guess it's it's Interpol in this. Is that right? Oh yeah, I guess they do mention Interpol. In most Carmen games, you're
0: working for a uh, an, an independent international organization called ACME. Uh, I I can't remember if they actually mention Acme in this particular game, but yeah, whatever the case, you are a detective, and Carmen and her uh, roster of thieves, known as the organization Vile, are going around the world stealing things, and it's up to you to talk to people in the places where they go to get information, not only about where the crook might have gone, but the identity of said crook, and follow them around the world until you catch them, hopefully with a warrant. And uh, you just kind of keep doing that until you catch Carmen herself, and that's pretty much
1: how these games go. Yeah, and this is this is really the most stripped down simple version of that, uh, because this is this is a, a fairly unembellished port of the original Carmen San Diego game. Um, and it's very strange to me that they they brought this out on the Super Nintendo. Only like a month or two after the much more uh, much more fleshed out Where in Time is Carmen Sandiego. Um, I don't really get it. I don't really get why you would do that other than just to capitalize on the popularity of the, uh, the PBS TV show. Uh, which of course is called Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego. Um, that's the only real reason I can see why you would do this version of the game instead of one of the other ones. But yeah, uh I don't think that this this has ends up with a very flattering uh comparison to Where in Time is Carmen San Diego. No,
0: not at all. I, I think when uh in, in a world where Where in Time is Carmen San Diego got a pretty decent port on the Super NES, this game just shows its age all the more. And the other thing about this that's really disappointing is uh like you said, this would have almost certainly come out because they were trying to popul- uh, um, capitalize on the popularity of the PBS show. But if you were a fan of the PBS show, like I was, you'd see nothing here recognizable except for Carmen herself. There was really nothing uh, much to tie this to that game show other than just you know the basic mechanics of how the game works and Carmen Sandiego. Yeah. And it really does make me wonder, like, why didn't they just try to make either a new version of Carmen Sandiego for consoles that maybe embellished a little bit more, maybe had, you know, like a version of uh, Lynn Thigpin is the chief to talk to you or recognizable crooks from the PBS game show? I know they probably would have needed to license those characters from the show itself, but... I don't know. I, I think just adding just a little bit of window dressing to this would have made this a much more fun game and, and obviously would have appealed yeah. a lot more to the kids who were watching that show and, and for, for whom that maybe was their introduction to this franchise. But more than that, I feel like either this game just is too bereft of content to really work or was really poorly programmed because when I was playing this game just to test it out... Um, I ran into so many scenarios in which I would be at a location and I would talk to two different people in that city, and they would both give me the exact same clue about where to go next.
1: The the point of the Carmen San Diego games is is to be a fun way to learn stuff about about you know different countries and geography and and things like that. Um, but like this game is so simple, like there's there's a there's not that many different crooks to to have to figure out which one it is. And the the like mechanism for like going from place to place and figuring out where you need to go is also so simple that I don't really even know that this works as like a thing that could teach somebody anything because you can just like kind of very mechanically play this game and win uh, with with very little trouble and uh, that is kind of a uh, you know that that feels like it, it really. Uh, defeats the purpose of this. Like with "Where in Time," you did actually need to read the the little informational things about the different the different eras uh, and and places in order to figure out where the clues were pointing you to. Uh, that is basically unnecessary here. Um, so yeah, I don't know. And also, really, like I missed a lot of the the kind of little. Fun bits of business that you could do in we in Time. Like, we in Time had, had a, a whole thing that was completely inessential that we talked about where you could go to the, like, break room in the agency and order a cup of coffee from the machine, and there would be a little randomized animation of the coffee cup filling up or maybe, like, falling over and uh, the coffee just kind of dribbling out onto, onto the the floor and, and whatnot. And, like, it didn't do anything, but it did make it feel like there was more going on in this game and and a little more to this world than just the the mechanical, bare mechanical stuff you do to play the game. And, you know, I, I realize this is an earlier game in the series, uh, but, like, I do miss that stuff. I think it really does meaningfully add to the game. And, yeah, there's just very little here. Yeah, I
0: completely agree. And I do think that that goes back to my whole point about just, hey, you know what, just a little bit of window dressing, just a little bit of embellishments could have really elevated this game and made it something that feels more modern and a lot more fun. But also, like, the time mechanic and wearing Time just gave you a lot more Options and it made for a much more robust system. Um, you know, I, I think we mentioned back when we were talking about we're in Time that I think that the, the biggest um way in which these games were educational tools were by teaching kids how to be better researchers via the
1: almanacs that would have come with these games, right? And you don't need to do research in this game in order to, it's like, oh, this person mentioned that. Uh, the criminal was was trying to to change out their money for rubles. I guess that means I've got to go to Russia. So
0: many of the clues just revolved around like, oh, they had this flag on them, like which is a of all like kind of weird. Like, why would they just be like like slapping flags on vehicles that like telling people where they're going next? That's a strange thing to do. It's also just yeah, such a simple surface level kind of thing to research that. Yeah, I, I think it makes this game a much poorer tool than Where in Time was. Uh, this game is really just dwarfed by Where in Time is Carmen Sandiego on the Super Nintendo in every conceivable way. And seeing as how like there's all this other Carmen stuff going on outside of the Super Nintendo, it, 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 this really feels crass in a way that, that I cannot respect at all. Putting this out on the Super Nintendo, this just feels like a really cheap cash grab by Bruderbund at this point. Maybe that's borne out, and I'm this is maybe going to be a little bit mean here, but maybe that's borne out by the fact that they hired High Tech Expressions to do it, who were like on their last legs around this time.
1: I I think looking at this from like the historical perspective and like knowing where High Tech Expressions was at at this point, seeing that logo pop up at the start of this game does not fill me with confidence. You know. So, yeah,
0: yeah um, this one is just pretty disappointing all around, and I think we ought to just go straight to the list, because the longer this segment goes on, the greater the chance I will have to do an interstitial, and there's literally only one piece of music in this game, so let's
1: try and avoid that. Yep, let's let's go to the <laughs> list. Without, you know, causing too much of a stir, I think obviously we're going to look somewhere below the relatively high place we put when in time it's Carmen San Diego. Yeah, where in time is at number eighty
0: seven, and I think this one goes far below that. I think you know, where in time is Carmen San Diego at least felt enough like a modern game at the time that it came out that um, I'm not upset that they ported it there, but I am pretty upset that they did a Where in the World is Carmen San Diego in this condition in 1993. I cannot um, rely on the excuse of uh, of good intentions. Actually, um, now that I think
1: about it, where is uh, Mario is missing? <sighs> Oh, that's a good question. Um, uh, one thirty one yeah. I mean, that's a better comparison, certainly. But, um, I still think I would go down from there for this.
0: i I, I think I'd be okay with that. I'm just I, I you know, i I'm kind of torn between going up or down from here because there's like Mario was missing adds a lot of acc- of accoutrement to the gameplay, but almost to like the point of being tedious and not having much to do with the point of the game, which is a very, you know, Carmen San Diego, like, hunting down clues and things like that. I don't know. I I
1: think they're pretty similar in a lot of ways in terms of like the lack of of uh, in terms of the thinness and just like the repetitiveness of the game, Yeah, I mean, at least with Mario is Missing, someone
0: made a freaking game. I mean, this is a port of a PC game as well, but a very recent one around
1: this time. You know, and Mario is Missing, if you look at that side by side with the PC game, they are actually quite different in some ways. Uh, not not really in the favor of the Super Nintendo game, admittedly, but <laughs> at least it, it was clearly like a thing where like they had to make a bespoke version of it for the Super Nintendo. Um so I would go down from there, but maybe not very much. Yeah, because you know I I keep looking at
0: things. And I'm like, oh, maybe it's not better. Than, but honestly, like I don't know. I, I it might go down a little bit further. Um, like Monopoly, there's a board game That's you know maybe these two are kind of similar things. Like I don't even know if I can justify this being on the Super Nintendo as much as I can justify Monopoly being on the Super. Although, eh, I don't know. That's maybe actually even in a, hard, a harder sell because like monopoly you literally just need to buy the board game and you've got like the best version of monopoly (laughs) right yeah gonna probably
1: be easier to play than any computer or console version of that game will be that version of monopoly was also pretty charmless i think like they didn't really do a ton to try to have fun with that in a video game space yeah yeah agreed so maybe above monopoly I would be fine with that if we put that above Monopoly. Um, we got uh, Vegas Stakes is right above Monopoly. And I'm trying to remember, was Vegas Stakes, was that the one that had like the different people that you went to the casino with?
0: Yeah, because I think the other casino game we actually haven't played yet. It's just, we, we just talked about it, I think, in a Nintendo Power issue. Oh, that's right. Yes, yes, yes. I think I could actually be forgetting Because some of these Are just running together at this point But uh, yeah I'm going to assume this is the one where you, yeah, You've got friends and you have to decide Like who you want to take with you So there's right. definitely some embellishment going on there It's not just you know a very simple like Hey play blackjack now Hey play roulette now So, uh-huh. so maybe there's an argument For this going between
1: Vegas Stakes and Monopoly What do you think? I would be fine with that. I mean, I will say that regardless of Vegas stakes, I think Uncharted Waters was probably a better game than Where in Times Carmen San Diego. So, or where, where Where in the world is Carmen San Diego? So, you know, uh, I don't think it goes any further up than than that. But okay. yeah, well, I I feel good about putting it below Vegas stakes. If you feel okay. good about that, yeah, I'm fine with that.
0: All right, so congratulations. Uh, where in the world is Carmen San Diego, number yeah. one forty-one? Uh, it it hurts me to have to put it there because, like yeah. I said, I, I love Carmen San Diego. I, I
1: mean, Carmen it was Sandiego. a good. Uh, I would say that if we were judging gains from nineteen eighty-five, it would probably rank higher. Yes, yeah,
0: um, but we are not. Time marches forward unless you are like Carmen Sandiego and have a time machine. Uh, with that, I guess we will talk about the other game that we're going to talk about today. Let's talk about um, the the child that is wolf.
1: Wolf child, things are gonna get easier. Wolf child, as long as you're werewolf. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's wolf child um it's we'll wolf- talk about
0: yeah yeah that, that's one word right wolf child i can't remember if i'm spacing it or if my spell check is spacing it or i i don't know i i can't remember it's probably one word, but uh, anyway, it's, it was made by um, Core Design. I cannot remember if we've talked about Core Design, if we discussed them back when we talked about Chuck Rock in episode 35. So just in case I haven't talked about them, I will give a, a really quick overview of them right here, because I don't think we're going to be talking about any more games from Core Design uh, on the Super Nintendo. So we got to do it now. They were based out of Derby, England. They were founded in 1988 by Jeremy Heath-Smith, along with some former employees from Gremlin Graphics. They released their first games in 1989, which include Switchblade, Saint Anne Greavesy, which was some kind of sports trivia game, and platformer Rick Dangerous, which is actually credited as their first game. They were acquired by Center Gold in 1994, uh, but were mostly left intact through that acquisition. Center Gold themselves and Core Design along with them were acquired by IDOS in 1996, and it was under IDOS's employ that they created a little game franchise called Tomb Raider. Uh, The company had developed many games by this point, but with the success of 1996's Tomb Raider, that franchise would become their bread and butter, releasing a dozen more games in the series until 2003. Uh, In 2003, they released *Laura Croft, Tomb Raider, Angel of Darkness. Uh, The game's development was fraught with issues, and members of the development team felt rushed by Eidos, despite the fact that the game's release date had been initially pushed back from the year before. Many elements had to be left on the cutting room floor, and the game felt incomplete. Coupled with the failure of the Tomb Raider Cradle of Life film that was released the same year, it was not a good time to be Laura Croft or founder Heath Smith, who would step down from his positions at Core and IDOS following the game's release. IDOS would give the franchise to sister studio Crystal Dynamics after this, and Core Design would be sold to Rebellion Developments and rebranded as Rebellion Derby in 2006. By 2010, the studio was shut down entirely. Uh, Today, Core Design's website still remains up. It is maintained by a bunch of Tomb Raider fans, or I should say fans of classic Tomb Raider, who uh, not only sort of maintain the history of the company on that website, but also have links to a bunch of little fan games based around Tomb Raider, Um, information about like fan games people have made in the uh, Media Molecule Dreams. Platform for the PS4, yeah, that's right, yeah, um, and things like that. So it's kind of an interesting place if you are a fan of old school Tomb Raider. There's still a lot of uh, fan games around Tomb Raider that you can check out
1: if you want to do that. So, so that's core design. Actually, I think Tomb Raider does have like a pretty remarkable afterlife as, as a thing that people have made fan games with. Like, there that that engine is like extremely. Uh, viable for people to like work with with like few resources so yeah yeah so that's that's pretty neat that's pretty neat yeah and like outside of this game and i guess chuck rock uh i the tomb raider games are the only core design games i've ever played so uh I, i don't really have anything else i can even like say about about them or like their their you know Uh, Proficiency as a game maker in at this at this time, but um, they they sure did make Wolfchild though. They
0: sure did make Wolfchild, and yeah, it's funny when I was going through their gamography on Moby Games, I was trying to see you know like, okay, do they have any other really big tentpole franchises that they worked on? But really, like it's it's a lot of kind of one and done sort of games, like like Wolfchild.
1: Yeah, until Tomb Raider, and then it's all Tomb Raider until the end of the studio, basically. Pretty much, yeah. But yeah, and uh, you know, I, I will say I I never really touched the Tomb Raider games that much when I was younger, but I did play through most of the first one um, earlier this year, and I actually thought it was pretty good. That's a that's a pretty decent game if you can kind of get your head around the, the the gameplay tropes of its time that it's working with.
0: So there you go, Tomb Raider. It's not bad. It's still all right today. Yeah. Not as okay today though is uh, Wolfchild. This... No, yeah. So th- this game has some kind of weird plot that isn't really surfaced, <laughs> at least not in this no. version of the game. That no. I'm assuming
1: you'd have had to read the instruction manual to know. I would assume so. Um, I did look at some footage from the Amiga version of this game, which was was the original version of this, and everything else is, is ports of it. Uh, which does have a really lengthy. Animated intro that I think was so big that it, it appears to have been on a separate disc from the game itself. Hmm. Um, but yeah, the, the intro had voice acting. Um, this game, the the Super Nintendo version, doesn't even try to do like a replacement for it with like just like a you know static screens with like text over it or anything. But uh, yeah, I guess that like the the original version of this had a whole thing about how. The character you play as is the son of this like biotech scientist, who's who who is is kidnapped by his father is kidnapped by the uh, the the villain of this game who wants to use the 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 dad's like biotech uh, research for nefarious purposes you use that research instead to become a wolf man and then you or go a wolf child A wolf child that's right uh and then you, to, to go and, and rescue your dad so that's the plot of this game um i don't really think that helps this game be more explicable at all no not even
0: a little so i mean this is a pretty basic you know run and jump and punch and occasionally gun kind of platformer um graphics are pretty good music's pretty good yeah you know um it plays all right uh so when you open up in the first level there's some dudes shooting at you which inexplicably fly off the screen
1: when you punch them well i think the thing there is you're on a ship right oh uh you're you're on like you're on an air the first level is on you're on an airship so whenever you punch these guys it's like they get like you know swept up by like the 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 wind on the ship and thrown off of it oh that's what was supposed to be happening okay yeah that's what's going on there i uh, did th- th- that does not happen in any of the other levels because you're on the ground for those but yeah i think that's what's going on in the first level okay which we're kind of a weird way to start the game honestly yeah, but, yeah. I,
0: I couldn't figure out what was supposed to be happening there because they, they they move back a little bit first and then they just kind of fly off in the other direction so it, yeah it looks yeah, very right. weird if that's what they were going for they i, I appreciate that they Tried, but I don't think they got. They nailed the effect.
1: I think it's like they're losing their footing and then getting swept off the ship. Basically, okay, all right, fair enough. But yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, but my biggest problem with this game. Well, actually, I've got several big problems with this game. But the biggest problem with this game is that they basically designed a run and gun platformer in which you mostly do not get a gun. Um, you get a you get a projectile weapon when you turn into your wolf form, but. Uh, you don't keep that wolf form for very long because I, I think like you have to have full health or something like that to use it. And once you have less than that, you're just back to your human form, who can only punch. And this game is nigh on impossible in places when you can't fire a projectile.
1: Yeah, that's true. Like there's a lot that's been designed around this projectile ability. Basically, you you know you start off uh, the the game. With as as like the human form of this guy he looks like a heavy metal dude uh, and then yeah pretty soon into the first level you collect a power up that turns you into the werewolf form and it yeah you 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 can shoot out like one of actually several different kinds of projectiles of like different different like arcs and like spread patterns and stuff But yeah, once you get hit, uh, you turn back into the guy and the punch that you have has zero range. Like it is it is you you basically almost have to be like overlapping your sprite with the enemy in order to hit them. Yeah. And that's bad. And and borderline borderline, like you said, unplayable that way, because everything can do projectile (laughs) shots in this game. And uh, it's like like the first boss even is very hard to hit without him like without just like his hitbox hitting you well
0: this gets into another issue that i've got with this game i only managed to get to the first two bosses um the bosses are actually very exploitable if you know what to do like if you just go into the
1: oh yeah super exploitable yeah
0: yeah bottom right corner for the first one and just jump up at certain times to punch him he's actually really easy to take out but like it's not fun it's just tedious
1: it's really tedious yeah and like That's kind of true for like a lot of the level design in this, honestly. Like it's not bad. Like it's not like unclear, but it is so rote that, yeah, uh, not really fun to like do the things you have to do to progress.
0: Yeah. And then there will be times where like you're, you're moving through levels and things will come at you without warning. Like I went to some weird bug level where sometimes bugs just fall out of the ceiling. Like when you're directly underneath. There's no warning that they do that. Like, they don't do it until you're directly under them, so there's not a lot you can do about it. There are times where there's uh, spikes on platforms below you that you can't react to until you're already falling and the screen has scrolled up enough for you to see them um, that feel deeply unfair. This is just a game in which they assumed, oh, well, they're just going to want to play it so much that they memorize the level layouts or just didn't know how to design a level to begin with in a yeah, in an intuitive I, way.
1: I, I don't know which one of those two things it is like this game also has, there's a ton of like secret areas in this game where like, you can just sort of like go into a wall that secretly has like a passage through it, but you can't like see anything inside that there's, there's always like power ups and things inside there. So like without like knowing where these things are, uh, you're never gonna find them and there's like tons of them throughout these levels so i I guess I assumed that like they thought that people would like figure would, would like just like try to like you know uh jump against every wall in the game to try to find secret places and and just memorize where those are uh, or they just didn't know what they were doing and like like you said, I don't know which one of those two things it is like it's like they thought. Well, there should be secrets here, but there's no like intuitive way to find them or anything. And like your guy has like a really uh, I would say like a really chunky jump. Like it's not like it feels like he like, s- you know, falls like a stone basically. So so like at, which actually now that I think about it, not that different from how Chuck Rock felt to control. It, the the jumping in this is like it's not unfair exactly. Like the platforming, in this isn't exactly unfair because you can do the stuff that it it wants you to do, but you have to be really precise. And it's never fun. Like there's no sense of like momentum to the sky or anything. It's just like, you know, you you, you feel like like you have to almost like be pixel perfect to get some of these jumps right and not like a fun exhilarating way just like well i guess if i want to see any more of this game i have to learn exactly where this platform technically ends and make sure that i'm over that line in order to to get through to the next bit of the level um yeah i didn't enjoy it i didn't enjoy any anything about like actually progressing through this game and like yeah that that second boss where it's just like endless waves of these like praying mantis guys is is really unenjoyable too. Like it's it's not hard, it's just it feels like it goes on forever. I mean, we've played a lot of games where it feels like, you know, they're
0: so close to having something pretty good here. But honestly, like I don't even know if I can give it that because like the just the blandness of the story and and the character, the the pretty Average control setup that they've got here. Like, they needed to design levels better and create a better system of power up, power down that doesn't leave you completely defenseless. Then you've got a
1: game that's okay. Yeah, that, but you don't even have something special at that. No, point, yeah, you know, you've like, got a basically competent. G- if you fix all the problems with this game, you've got something basically competent. That's like the best I could say about it.
0: Yeah, yeah, me too. So the the level design was just abysmal bosses take way too many hits to to defeat to the point where it's it's just like okay I'm still doing this huh all right fine yeah i i just really lost any sense of charity i had toward this game and and i guess i'm just like maybe part of it is that i'm just so tired of seeing games squander potential but also like i honestly don't know if i can say this game had that much potential to begin with
1: no i don't think so either
0: so, yeah, with all that, we just want to go to the list because I don't know if I've got much else to say about this one. Yeah, no, let's go to the list. One thing I was kind of thinking about was like uh, uh, Zardion, which is pretty low on our list right now at 178. But it's another one that, like, from the outward appearances, like, looks pretty good, sounds pretty good. Seems like it's it's got the ingredients to be a pretty decent game and then just really falls flat in how it progresses. But, like... I think this one's even worse because I think Zardion could have been pretty cool with with um, with a few tweaks where this one, you know, like, you know, f- fix the big problems with both of these games and Zardion just stands heads and, head and shoulders above Wolfchild. Know,
1: so. 100%, yeah. Uh, I agree with that. Um, I guess the question is how much further down do you think it should go? Like, do you think it should go just, like, right below Zardion or... You want to talk about, like, It versus Skulljagger, which is a little bit lower at 182. Yeah, I would say I, I'd put this above Skulljagger, because I think Skulljagger
0: yeah. is a bit of a mess. Like, I think Skulljagger has a more creative idea behind its game and, and its universe and everything. It is just so messy, though. But, yeah, it's it's a pretty messy game. So Yeah, I, I think that's fair. So, But, although, yeah, I I'll mean... Be, I'll be honest, though, I might say i think best of the best what it's doing it's doing it better than Wolfchild. so maybe maybe
1: this is maybe this goes between best of the best and skull jagger i'm fine with that okay. uh, i'm fine with it going right above skull jagger and being our our new number 182 man june has not june 93 has not been a great month like i'm looking at everything on here and like wow man there's there's a few things that are pretty dang recent in the lower reaches of the list
0: yeah yeah it it, it hasn't been a great month i think we're gonna get I, th- I think the rest of the summer for 93 we're gonna see like fewer releases per month but i think we're gonna see like shot up in quality if you know what i mean uh in fact i mean like i think you're right uh, yeah. august i know we're gonna have a couple of real bangers so
1: oh yeah absolutely so uh but yeah we're we're in a little bit of a Kind of, kind of doldrums here. Um, yeah, Wolfchild not doing anything to alleviate that. Nope, not at all. So, uh, so yeah.
0: And uh, with that, I guess we'll call it. A, I guess we will probably call it a day here for today. We, I think we so, just yeah. got two more games left for the month of June. Well, you know, we got Yoshi's Cookie. That's a decent puzzler, from what I remember. Yeah,
1: you know, it's okay. And we've got. Uh, WWF Royal Rumble from uh, LJN. So that'll probably be yeah, real I,
0: good. I wonder if this is the one that like wrestling fans actually think is pretty good. Um, it might be, actually. I think I don't know. I think Royal Rumble might be the one. Um, so okay, I, I,
1: cool. Well, I guess yeah, we'll see. We'll I don't see. know if that'll yeah. be
0: lost on us to non-wrestling fans,
1: but uh, we'll see how that all goes. So. Yeah, I mean, you never know. But... Uh, yes please for next time join us for the final two games of June 93, uh, WWF Royal Rumble and Yoshi's Cookie Uh, until then I'm Emmy Zero I'm Steve McLean play it loud
0: Our intro-outro song is How Now Brown Cow by TechnoAxe, who very generously offers a ton of great music for free and royalty-free at technoaxe.com. That's T-E-K-N-O-A-X-E.com. Now there's just one more thing you have to do. You know what it is! Except, um, we can't actually afford Rockapella, so uh do-wop, yeah. Well, she speaks around, well, she around up, the world do from Seattle to Carolina. She's a sticky-fingered filter do from do do down up, to Belize. Do she take you for up, ride do 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 up, to China. Tell me where, where in the world is Carbon, San san Steal their soul, it's a free I can't turn it from the Red to Greenland. Diego. She'll go from Nashville to Norway, on air to Zimbabwe, Chicago to Czech and Slovakia and back. Well, she'll ransack do Pakistan up, and run a scam in Scandinavia, then drift under a down under, do and do then find it to Where in the world is <sharp inhale> Carmen San Diego? Where do I you Where do I start? do where in the world is Carmen San Diego? Where in the world do it, Carmen San Diego? Do it where in the world is Carmen San Diego? Do it where in the world do San Diego? Do where in the world do Carmen San Diego. Do it Where in the world is Carmen San Diego? Do it where in the world is Carmen San Diego? Watch your back.